0: This is the final whistle on Ocean FM. The National Football League returns. It's all change in Donegal. So, does that make them playoff contenders? or relegation candidates. We'll get the verdicts of the new manager and the new captain. And the almighty scramble to climb out of Division 4 begins once again for Leitrim and Sligo. Andy Moran thinks it's an eight-horse race. We'll assess the prospects of both the northwest counties. Sligo have named the 26-man panel tonight. We'll run you through the names. And you're welcome to the programme. This is Austin O'Callaghan. Here are the contact details. 083 3500 530 by WhatsApp and text. The email address, if you prefer that way, sport at oceanfm.ie and we're on Twitter right now at FM Sport. So coming up, Leitrim's Andy Morn, Donegal's Paddy McBriarty, Sligo's Noel Maguire. Also coming up on the programme, we'll hear why Sligo Racecourse is one of five courses national who are unhappy with horse racing Ireland and how it's dividing up the media rights money at the moment. But we're going to start with school soccer because tonight St Attractors Community School in Tubacurry are celebrating a schoolgirls FAI Connacht Senior A Cup title. Today they beat Clare Galway in the final in Le Carrow in County Roscommon by one goal to nil. This was a repeat of the Junior Cup decider last year which had Attractors also won Emer Hunt scored the Attractors match winning goal Pixie O'Hara is the Attractors team captain
1: Oh it's absolutely amazing like just for the second year in the row obviously we knew it was going to be tough but having to fight through it all it was just amazing to get the result in the end
2: And It was a tough physical game Clare Gould a tough physical team I suppose how did you cope with that from your own point of view?
1: Well in the first half obviously it was very physical but we knew that we couldn't just stand off them and kept pushing in the second half and you know, we came out with it on top, which is what we wanted, so it was great.
2: And you must have, I suppose, thought that the ball would never go into the back of the net, but when that goal goes in from here hunt, how does that feel?
1: Oh, it was absolutely amazing. I think we, in the second half, we could tell that it was definitely coming anyway. We got a few chances, even in the first half, it hit off the crossbar a few times, but once that hit the back of the net, I think we all just, it was a bit of a relief having to wait for it, but, you know, it was just great. We were all delighted.
2: And finally, an All Ireland semi Final to look forward to next Tuesday.
1: Oh, yeah, I can't wait. You know, the girls, we know we have to push on. We got there to the semi final last year and it didn't go our way. So, you know, we just want to keep pushing on and get into the final and hopefully it goes our way this year.
0: That's St Attractors captain Pixie O'Hara who's also a member of the Sligo Rovers first team squad and a current Republic of Ireland under 19 international she was talking to Ronan Flanagan there. Attractors all Semi against Cork St Mary's High School of Middleton will be next Tuesday at lunchtime 1 o'clock kickoff. Here is Andrew Flynn who along with Huey Harvey coaches this Attractors Connacht Cup winning side
3: Just relief to get through with, um, such such a hard fought game a battle, an absolute battle. Like, not, not a lot of football played, maybe in parts of the game. Um, either team could have easily won it. First goal was, well, obviously it was only 1-0, but if whoever got that first goal, it was obviously going to be massive. Um, and just relief. And now turn and quickly to excitement for Tuesday for the All-Ireland semi finals Looking forward to that. And we can
2: touch on today's game, I suppose. You mentioned there wasn't much football played, but you certainly had a great foundation with your defence.
3: Yeah, I think, like, we were
2: maybe not much football played in terms
3: of what we normally would be able to produce um, defence-wise absolutely excellent and like the goal coming from um, Emer Hunt who was right back well one of our three centre halves um, getting the goal in the second half but it was just one of those things you felt if, if a if a chance just dropped just chances weren't dropping it was just such such a hard-fought game um, and for Claire Galway like it's obviously disappointing for them it could have easily been them that won the game um, but obviously thank God that we came out on top
2: And it's the second Connacht School's title for the school in two years as far as I know aware. junior last year senior this year yeah. is soccer making a a strong I suppose imprint in St. to school at the moment I think at the moment it's on the up yeah we
3: were under 17's Connacht a winners last year against Clare Galway as well um, as it happened uh, and Clare Galway at this level won the All Ireland last year so it's great but like we have a bunch of players there at the moment since first year coming in that are all involved at a high level outside the school you have, you have people playing with Rovers senior team Rovers uh, under nineteen team, Rovers seventeen team, and you have an Irish international in there as well. So, like the quality in the team from female soccer is unbelievable. So hopefully that continues.
0: Andrew Flynn of Attractors speaking to Ronan Flanagan after their Connacht Cup final success. And there could be a Sligo provincial double on the cards in girls' soccer because Coulampo's primary school today beat St. Joseph's of Foxford 3-1 to qualify for the Connacht Senior B school soccer final. They're going to play Boyle in that provincial decider next week. It is a hammering here and Donegal... That is the ball, go.
4: Donegal are out... Armagh have cruised in to the quarter-finals of the All-Ireland Football Championship. Armagh 3-17. Donegal 16 points. Mark McHugh so, so disappointing and... There's nothing to sugarcoat. It's it's been a disappointing year. It's been a disappointing few years.
5: Yeah, it has, Paddy. And there's no point saying anything. You know, we've left... I suppose Ulster titles behind us that we felt like we were going to win. Um, And I don't know... You know, today, obviously, is so disappointed. But the manner of the defeat today... You know, 10-point defeat to Armagh, who we beat a few weeks ago. I know it's hard coming back after an Ulster final. And we probably looked back a few weeks ago at that. And, you know, we weren't brave enough to go for it that day. Uh, the, 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 The talk, obviously, of maybe... Having fear. Um, You know, that day, probably everybody's, you know, has been speaking about that. Sorry to do that to you, Donegal fans.
0: That was June the 12th last year, Donegal's championship exit in the qualifiers, as described by Mark McHugh. And Paddy McGill. Fast forward seven months and so much has changed. Michael Murphy will be a spectator like the rest of us this weekend. Declan Bonner is back managing his home club, Narossa. Paddy Carr is the new man leading the way now from the sideline. The Donegal manager spoke to Ocean FM Sport yesterday about this new era, which begins on Sunday with an Allianz Football League Division 1 opener Against who else? The league and All Ireland champions Kerry.
6: If I got the chance to put my hand into a hat and pull out a team, you know, you know the the team with the kind of pedigree and tradition, and obviously the very recent success that they have. You know, who who else would you like to measure yourself against other than the best? And they certainly have proven that uh, last year.
0: There's never a good time to play Kerry, but yeah. if you had to pick the best of a bad bunch,
6: might it be match one? Yeah, well, look, um, just on that, you know, the amount of energy that's in the squad and the amount of time, effort and energy that has been put in by these lads over the last number of weeks has been hugely encouraging. And I suppose it's natural people will ask that question, you know, is this a good time to be playing Kerry? Uh, The reality is with the squad, we're just focusing entirely on ourselves because we're only just getting to know these lads On, on a, every time we meet uh, every time we talk to them and there's lots of private conversations going on as well and I suppose like uh, it, it, the, the exciting and uh, the, the kind of a healthy nervousness uh, there is uh, to be able to see you know what Donegal can do when they do go out with uh, something at stake and you know there's a lot of pride at stake there in terms of playing at home and first game of the year and the fact that you know the team that's going out in the field has never you know all these guys have not actually all played together before so on a lot of fronts it's exciting and we're hoping that we can take lessons out of that
0: In an ideal world would you have liked more time to prepare with these lads?
6: Yeah, well, I think you've answered the question there that you've asked. And there's no question about that. Look, we, it just true circumstances. Uh, you know, we, we relate into the game, and uh, you know, if uh, like it, it does take time. And I mean, on the winter evenings up in Convoy, uh, the the Donegal County Guard were good enough to give me a, a, a rain jacket and, a, and show at the very start. And I think I've used them every single time we've got together, but. That's that's kind of the preparation behind the scenes that go, that goes on. But look, we are where we are. Uh, we've had a number of matches there. We've taken good uh, learnings out of that and hopefully we can put that in, together on Sunday. If you could broadcast one message or WhatsApp
0: a message to the Donegal supporters at the start of the season, what would it be? Well,
6: the one thing at the very core of what we're doing, at the very core of what we're doing, is the pride and the you know the opportunity to play for the county they love and if we see that that Personality, the honest, honestness, uh, the freedom to go out and play the game as to see it on on front of them, to empty the tank completely. Uh, these might sound like old-fashioned values, but they underpin everything about successful inter-county teams. And I think you know the, the, there, there's well-educated people in, 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 and, and well-experienced people in Donegal football. And I think if they see that out there on the field starting this weekend in Buffet, I, I I think that'll be a good start.
0: And if you'll permit me to move my last question from your current team to yeah. one of your former ones. Yeah. You managed Kilmacul Croaks to an All-Ireland Club title, so you know what that
6: yeah.
0: euphoria feels like. What have you made of what's transpired the last few days?
6: Oh, look, I, I feel exceptionally sorry for everyone involved, from the officials, both sets of management, both teams. It, it, it's an extraordinarily unfortunate thing to do. You, you mentioned that euphoria, winning an All-Ireland Club title is it's like nothing else because you know the the absolute battle royals you have to go through uh, to uh, to even get outside your own own county. Like I mentioned that there, just a reflection there. It took 14 championship matches for us to win, uh, you know, including a number of draws. And you remember the things, the pivotal moments. One time, a ball hitting a crossbar in the Dublin final, with a minute to go, bounced out to one of our players, driven up the field and across. The, the bar for to draw it and, and, and literally the width of a crossbar so the, the margins are very very tight. Um, I would think you know it's it's and, and nobody and I'm sure that the powers to be in Crow Park, it, it, they're not looking forward to trying to come up with a satisfactory solution. Um, you know the, and, and you can see the dignity that there is there in both clubs. Nobody is trying to do anything wrong or, or smart or underhand at all at the moment and I think Think that the sooner Crow Park can make a decision in this and move this process forward, the better. Because everybody associated with the two clubs need to know where to stand as quickly as possible. And longer term, do we take a leaf out of soccer's book? You know, the player
0: can't come on till the other player leaves the field, and it's eleven a side. It can be painstakingly slow to watch
6: sometimes at the Qatar World Cup. But yeah. is a is a simple tidy up like that the, the viable solution here? Well, I think that stands to reason. Now, I think that that's something that, you know, uh, absolutely stands to reason. It, it, it would avoid that, and maybe that's why, you know, it is it is a rule that it, it's not, it doesn't make the game any more attractive. So when you're waiting for some fellow coming off the field, tying his laces and pulling up his socks and everything. But at the same time, uh, it would avoid it would avoid this.
0: Donegal manager Paddy Carr, the man leading out Donegal this Sunday in Bally Buffet at around about a quarter to two, will be Kill cars. Paddy McBrearty. Now by our count, he's the fifth Kilcar clubman club man to captain Donegal at senior level. Michael Carr did it back in 1981. Martin McHugh did it twice in 1986 and again in 1993. Michael Hegarty, we gather captain Donegal for one championship match. And Ryan McHugh was Donegal captain for a McKenna Cup fixture a season or two back. But now it's Paddy McBriarty at 29 years of age. He is the last remaining. Playing link to the 2012 All Ireland winning team.
7: Listen, I think any young lad grown up wants to be captain of their county at some stage, but uh, listen, since I came into the squad, it was probably Michael was always there and he was probably, uh, probably had the, the point of view that he was going to be captain for for eternity, but um, listen, he, he moved on and listen, I was just delighted when Paddy and, and Aidan gave me the shout and uh, you know, very, very proud moment.
0: I'm sure it's an obvious honour to be captain of your county. Does it feel a burden
7: in any way? Nah, listen, nah, it doesn't, hey? And a lot of people have said that to me, but nah, listen, uh, the, first, the first thing I need to get right is myself, and, you know, I need to be training right, and I need to be playing right, number one, before you can kind of command a dressing room, so that's, that's been my main focus.
0: And it doesn't change your game. I mean, you can lead, by example, by playing the way you do.
7: Yeah, listen, as long as you're playing well, I think the lads will automatically you know you'll gain the respect and um, listen there's obviously things you can say in team meetings and in the dressing room you, and it's just about putting an arm around a lad and saying you know you know, giving a bit of encouragement or maybe telling them a thing or two but um, listen much much doesn't change that way
0: We were wondering who else from Kilcar has captained Donegal Michael Carr might have done it in the very early 80s maybe Martin McHugh for a time in the early 90s but not too many Kilcar men have captained the seniors
7: No uh, I think Michael Higarty did it for one yeah, championship game right. as well but um no, it's a rare enough stat now. Uh, I suppose all great players and a lot of good players are coming to Kilcar but um, as I say, it was a very, very big honour for the club there when they got the news two weeks ago.
0: Is the first match a good time to play Kerry?
7: Uh, when is a good time to play Kerry, really? Um, you know, listen, there's a lot being made about who they're bringing up and, you know, what players are missing and what squad they're going to have up. We haven't really read too much into that. Um, we have 15 players there. Um, they're going to have to give it our all on Sunday. And this a big occasion. A lot of lads will be making their debuts, more than likely, in the National League. And, uh, you know, all our champions come to Baba Faye. We have a really, really good record there uh, over the last number of years. And we're looking to maintain that.
0: There's probably an understandable little bit of apprehension around the county because it's been a seismic winter of change with Michael retiring, a new manager. Do you guys pay any attention to that going into a league campaign like this?
7: Well, I suppose, listen, there's... Donegal, you, you kind of can't get away from it. There's kind of there's loads of rumours going around, and you know you're kind of shaking your head at half of them. But um, listen, we just kind of have to get on. If you did dig 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 too deep into that, there, you know it would drive you mad. And you know, listen, we'll hope to get a get off the gr- ground running on on Sunday and kind of put a, put a lot of those things to bed.
0: Yeah. Will you be a a talkative captain?
7: No, it wouldn't be. I would have been. You know, I would only <laughs> I would ever sp- I would only ever spoke when I felt I needed to. Um, in fairness, any of the lads I played under, listen. Any of the great players I came under, you know, they only spoke as well when they when they needed to speak. And uh, I'll do the same. Listen, um, if there's something to say, I'll say it, and uh, I'll not I'll not uh, eat up a word count just for the sake of it.
0: And I'm thinking, finally, Paddy, of the time, eleven or twelve years ago, when you came off on a wet Sunday in Bally Buffet took off your minor jersey changed put on your senior jersey for Donegal on the same afternoon it's a nice milestone all these years later to be leading out the seniors now as captain
7: yeah listen massive um, I suppose thinking back to those days I was, I was just happy to get a, an appearance for the Donegal senior team and I suppose 12 years on now getting, I'm very very lucky and uh, privileged to be leading me county out now on Sunday and uh, something I'll always remember and um, you know I suppose thank all the players I've played with and all the managers I've had in Kilkare and Donegal that have that have made that happen.
0: Do you text Michael yeah. Murphy for tips?
7: <laughs> oh, Haven't I? I think Murphy started start shaking the head of it, but uh, no, definitely not. No, listen, I've played with him long enough. I've you kind know, picked picked a couple of things up along the way.
0: Paddy McBurty, the new Donegal captain, speaking to Ocean FM Sport this week ahead of the Kerry game on Sunday. And I was reminded while listening to that interview that he's not the only remaining playing link to the 2012 All-Ireland winning team because McCool's Marty O'Reilly is back in the Donegal senior squad this season and he too was part of the All-Ireland winning panel from 2012. 12. Donegal against Kerry will be live this Sunday on Ocean FM on our 105 FM frequency from 2 o'clock. Commentary from Paddy McGill and Eamon McGee. Episode one of the Donegal GAA podcast for the 2023 season is now up online this evening. Just search for Ocean FM Ireland wherever you get your podcasts. Connor Breslin hosting it this week for the first edition, and his guest is the Irish Indo's Gaelic Games correspondent, uh, Colum Keys. And much of the chat is on Donegal against Kerry this Sunday. Well, next to Division Four, and the Great Escape begins for Leitrim. Sligo et al. Leitrim first up on Sunday when they take on Waterford in Carrick-on-Shannon at one o'clock. This will be the first of three live commentary games on Sunday. There has been a bit of personnel change here as well. Team captain among those going travelling, David Bruin. Uh, others opting out also. But Andy Moore and his team have uncovered some new faces for the season ahead. This is his assessment of how Leitrim and the Leitrim management have developed ahead of the new campaign. Well
8: I'm definitely older Austin, Um, wiser. That's that's we'll wait to see. We'll wait to see. I'll let people make their own judgments on that. But in terms of um, knowledge of the players and knowing what they're like and their personalities and and uh, knowing their strengths and their weaknesses, um, yeah, I think we're definitely further along the line. I think myself, Barry, and and Michael Michael Solon would 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 definitely say we have. We've a greater knowledge of uh, what we think we need, um, and just hopefully then that translates into results on the pitches. But, like we've had a great summer in terms of myself, and, like Mike, I, I suppose was was flirting with the Mayo job there for a while, and James moved on to Langford. But myself and Barry had a great summer. Um, Joe going around meeting people around all the various clubs around Leitrim and seeing players playing and uh, getting excited by the club championship. So that was lovely to see and it was, it was great. And then you can bring these guys in, in then to a squad and then try to work with them. So it's lovely to see that and uh, see guys developing in front of you.
0: Looking in from the outside, Andy, nobody can say you haven't immersed yourself in this job beyond the team training, the matches and the county team commitments. We've seen you get so involved with off the field G activities in the county, whether it is the 50 miles in January challenge and lots more besides. Does that sort of thing come naturally to you?
8: Yeah, I, I thanks for saying that uh, I, I i suppose when you're when you're stuck in the middle of it, you you might notice and my wife might nurse uh, more than I do but it's um, yeah I, I think that's the only way it can it can work if if I'm gonna ask players to Go above and beyond what what they've normally done or where they've went before. I, I think the the management team have to do the same. And and I would say if if that's me re- reflection uh, that people think we've really immersed ourselves, that's great. But I, I look at the effort uh, Barry McGuinness puts into the whole Leitrim thing um, in terms of football, underage football. Um, you know, club structures getting players playing like going meeting people it, it, it's amazing so if I was going to come down or Luke was going to come down from Sligo or Mike coming down from Balladrine as well and we weren't going to do the same um, I think that would be an insult to Barry and all the, the brilliant people in Leitrim so I think that's just the, just the way it goes I see Joe and bohan there I see Enda Stenson Merton McCartan Brian Blake and the, the effort these guys put in behind the scenes in a county board level is amazing so I don't think you'd have a you'd have a choice in the matter but it probably is is our way as well that we, we like to get involved and Leitrim being such a, a football hungry county um very proud county when when you travel to New York and London and you, you you see the guys around the around the place that are try to willing to support and help um I don't think you've, you, you, you it'd be an insult to these guys if you didn't immerse yourself in it so um i I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful of you saying that, but uh, I think that's the only way it can be done.
0: How much change have you made to the Leitrim panel and style of play over the winter? Oh, big question. Uh, see, a lot of like the the way it was explained to me
8: when I when I took the job, Austin first was it, just in smaller counties. Three might go one year, but then three might be returning from Australia the next year. You know, so you'd be losing three, gaining three. But we, we probably had the benefit of three full years of two of lockdown, and then the third year coming up with guys qualifying from college, getting their degrees, going on J ones, or going for the year to Australia. So we've had it, we we've had quite a bit turnover, quite a bit of turnover. Um, but some of the guys that we've got in are of the, the 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 highest order, like you're looking at young McKernan from Ballinamore, Michael McKernan, Raddick from, uh, um, Allen Gales, and young Barry McNulty from from Manor Hamilton. Three really exciting young under twenties in in the squad with us. Tom Quinn coming in from from uh, from Dublin uh, from Castleknock has has been a huge help to the setup. Aidan Flynn returning from Leitrim Village. It's just been it, it, it's been it's been amazing. The 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 guys that have left but who've, we've, who've replaced them and who's coming through. It just shows the work that's been done in underage football in Leitrim that we can still produce quality players even though some pe- people are leaving uh, leaving to go on their travels.
0: Do you set specific goals with your players? Do you sit them down and say, right lads, we want to win all our home games, get promotion, etc, cetera, etc? Cetera?
8: I think when you're in Division 4, I think all the a teams in Division 4, and this is not... Uh, been patronising to anyone? It's uh, I think all eight teams in, in Division Four would set their goal out of we are going to try our best to get promoted this year. I think every single one. If you were talking to Tony McIntyre, I'm sure you have, like Tony would be blatant enough on that. He, he, they showed their worth. Sligo showed their worth when they went up and played Cavan and Crow Park, well able to compete at at a higher level. And all the other counties, the Londons, the Wexfords, the Carlos the Leishens, and the Wicklow's, the Waterfords, all the teams have would would say that if the, the goal isn't promotion, Joe, why, why, else, are you, why else are you playing? And uh, that's key. And I think last year was was a different sort of league um, where you had two counties in Division 4 that realistically shouldn't have been in Division 4, uh, both Cavan and Tipperary, and they kind of showed their quality. After we bet Tipperary, people so, tend to forget that Tip went on to win five games on the bounce in Division 4, which is... Like, Austin, you've been following this for a long time with Sligo and Leitrim. That's a very, very hard task to do. And uh, both Cavan and Tip did that, and there were the two teams promoted. Both of them won Munster and Ulster titles in 2020. So they probably shouldn't have been in that situation. Where this year, it's probably a more, um, like Wicklow and Leash are really, really strong teams, don't get me wrong, but it's probably a more even Division 4 this year. So I think every team in it will be looking to, to get promoted in Division in, in 2023.
0: And that's why... Division Four is so difficult to get out of. That's oh, great. It, it, like, I suppose coming down with a, a slight bit of
8: ignorance toward towards the whole thing last year coming down from Mayo, it, it really, really is a, a good competition. Do you know? Like, we went away with great days down in Waterford. Tip, uh, Joe London had a great day on us over over in Ireland. Joe Cavan, Joe, like the travels and the the joy, and you could see the Leitrim crowd getting. Bigger and bigger as we moved along. Like I said, the yellow hats from the fifty-mile challenge just got stronger and stronger as we as we kept going along. And we, we, when we had them three victories um, over Waterford, Carlow, and Wexford in the in the middle of the league, you could sen- sense the, the excitement building throughout the county, which which was great for the team. And they they got a different sense of of what playing for Leitrim is like. And uh, hopefully, we can kind of build on that. But it's a great competition. Division Four is is really tight, really unique, and. Um, Joe like I suppose the local team Sligo and ourselves will be will be looking to really push
0: on in, in in this season. Did the FBD game against Galway teach you anything meaningful? Oh absolutely I think uh
8: um obviously we it was quite clear we were trying Nevin O'Donnell and Goals who's an outfield player which has been tried in in a lot of other counties um Darren Darren uh is there Darren Maxwell who was our number one last year is there so people seen that um you could see the i suppose the development of uh, rear Norrock at number 7 Aidan Flynn at Wing forward Paul Keeney gets two great points from uh, uh from midfield and he's kept his his, his Form going from the club championship, and he went in the last two games for UL and scored four points in uh, four points in either game for UL. They lost last night on penalties, but he got four points. He got four points the week previous, um, so he's kept that form going from club right through now to his sigerson and uh, in that FPD game. And then you had the emergence of of, of young Barry McNulty who came on at time and played really, really well against Galway. And in the second half, we competed really well. I think. It was a draw game or goal, we won by a point in the second half, which which was really encouraging for us.
0: And you start with Waterford in Carrick on Shannon next Sunday, then you go to London. I know some commentators tend to make a lot of the importance of a good start, but it does seem to apply particularly to Division 4.
8: I was uh, caught in a few, I'm not sure you'd call them relegation battles, but they were last day... Either wins or Kevin McLaughlin getting an equalising point up in Donegal uh, to keep us up in Division 1. So that's the great thing about the league. If you get a good start, you can be very, very comfortable and competitive and go and try to win it. But if you get a bad start, then all of a sudden you're struggling to gain points from anywhere. So um, I've seen that throughout my years playing. Um, Yeah, we're looking for performance, Austin, if I'm being honest. Just going in, performing really well uh, early on in the league. And... um, Joe, it, it, getting rid of that inconsistency that is kind of... Joe, last year, Austin, it was different. We were looking for a victory. We hadn't won a game in two years um, and we, we, we got the victory against Tip. Then we kind of struggled against London the week after. But then our next goal then was to try to get back-to-back victories because we hadn't done that in over two and a half years. So... When we got that done in that little run between Waterford, Carroll and Wexford, it was really exciting and really going. So it's just that consistency of what we're trying to look for is going to be the key thing for, for Leitrim and all the all the teams in Division 4. So if we can get that going and we can get it going early, as you were saying earlier, make pork Sean, a bit of a fortress where people don't like coming and playing, I think that's going to be a huge benefit. But listen, the league, the winter throws up crazy stuff. It throws up crazy weather. Um, and mad stuff happens and so we just need to keep control of what we can do and if that's performance and playing to our best John, that'll be exciting for Leetron people.
0: And a final thought Andy away from the actual football when you see the way the county both at home and overseas is getting in behind something like the 50 miles in January challenge what does that do for you and for your players?
8: Yeah, I got a very unique experience in February where uh, we went out to America to, to launch the, the jersey in, in Clark's Bar in McLean Avenue. And uh, we actually went to Tibbetts uh, Park and we completed the uh, end of the 50 mile challenge in, in Tibbetts there and uh, with the lead from Diaspora in New York. And it was just one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in terms of yellow hats, us all going around talking about Leitrim football. But I, I think people sometimes lose sight of what the J A is about, Austin. Um, of course, everyone likes to win, everyone likes to compete, but the J A is about community. And what what, what the J A gives people in, in New York City and Leitrim people in New York and London and Chicago is, is a sense of identity and a sense of community. And people from the Roman parish can meet up and get involved in an activity that can help Leitrim GA and bring kind of business and uh, and uh, creation expertise to Leitrim. So I, I just think it's the most amazing uh, thing. Unbelievable work done by Mike Feeney, uh, Adrian O'Flynn, uh, Eamon Dynan and all these guys that have really pushed it. And to have the ladies involved this year I think is really unique as well. And it's just, it's a unique thing to Leitrim, but it's a, I think it's an amazing activity to get people moving in january i think was a great idea uh, but the community and the sense of uh i, I suppose the sense of place of when getting it done is just uh is just uh, amazing so um yeah really really happy to be involved in it Um love seeing the hats love seeing the beanies Um i remember down in tip last year looking across on the stand and thinking joe just for a second just losing myself thinking Look at all the yellow beanies over there. and You could just identify the Leitrim people straight away, which would give us great energy on the sideline and the boys great energy on the pitch. So it's a lovely way to start off the new year. Uh, Great challenge. Kudos to every one of the organisers and all the people taking part in it. And uh, listen, it's it's just an exciting uh, thing to put Leitrim on the map, I think, straight away in the new year.
0: Leitrim Football Manager Andy Mourn on the beanies and the football. Let's talk to a man who already has his yellow beanie on for Leitrim against Waterford this Sunday. Martin McGowan will be part of the Ocean FM Sport commentary team in Carrick on Shannon. Martin, how do we harness all this positivity around the 50 miles in January challenge into two league points against the Dacia this weekend?
9: Well, I suppose by getting the crowd to come to Parkshaw McDermott uh, and give the lads a uh, a big chair on. And you mentioned it there, you know, in your interview with Andy about the importance of a good start. Um, we've seen that last year. And to be fair, in the first game at home to Cavan last year, we, we we found it difficult. The conditions were poor. because the, You know, probably didn't just suit us as well as it suited Cavan. And they wore us down and won by, I think it was three or four points in the end. You know, but it was a very competitive game with Cavan. We followed that up with a great win to uh, 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 blow on Tipperary, which, You know, if you would ask most Leitrim people before the start of the league, they would have taken two points out of four. The unfortunate thing for Leitrim, and Andy alluded to it there, was following it up with another win. And that London game was a bit of a misnomer. If you look at the league as a whole, it was the one rogue result that stood out in Leitrim's Leitrim's league campaign last year. So Waterford on Sunday, it's going to be essential to get two points on the board if Leitrim are going to make a push to try and get promoted from Division 4, Austin.
0: Just before we get into the specifics of Leitrim's prospects in Division 4, for the teams in this league, do you think we're getting to a point where the league might soon carry more weight than the championship for the Leitrims, the Waterfords, the Sligos?
9: Well, you know, I suppose in a way it probably does, Austin, because generally speaking, one success leads to another. And the most obvious place that counties like Leitrim and Sligo can get their first bit of success is probably in Division 4 of the National League, where both counties find themselves at the moment. And and if you look at the history of, of how counties like Leitrim and Sligo have progressed in in championship but where ultimately everybody wants to be winning a connacht title i mean that's the, the, the that's the end goal i suppose in a lot of ways for for some of the smaller counties to win that provincial title uh, it really is the end goal but if you look at the history of how the teams have achieved that like leitrim's win in 94 was preceded by three or four very good years in the national league with a promotion from division three to division two went within a whisker and I mean, it was, it, was, it was a whisker of going to Division 1 of the National Football League when there was four divisions there. Uh, it was an a, a last-minute point by Bill Sex for Kildare uh, got a draw against Mio, and it gave Kildare the extra point needed to catch Leitrim, and led to a playoff. Otherwise, Leitrim would have been going through to Division 1, you know, had it not been for that. So that's how close Leitrim were back in those days, getting to Division, to, to division 1. But that was the platform, on which John O'Mahony and that work was done by P.J. Carroll, but that was the platform on which John O'Mahony built that championship-winning team of '94, and and I would say the same in Sligo. Like I, I still remember in the early '90s, Austin, where the National League semi-finals were played, and the four semi-finalists were Mio, Roscommon, Galway, and Sligo. And you know that was a very unique thing that the four national that the four national semi league finals all came from Connacht. I don't know how that ever happened before. So and, and that led to a, a a good period for Sligo football as well. So to answer your question, Austin, yes, I believe at this moment in time, probably the league would take more importance for the likes of Leitrim and Sligo in order to start progressing in the championship. I think one would lead to the other.
0: From what you've seen of Leitrim so far this season, or watch the way that the squad has been assembled, do you think Leitrim have the tools to be genuine Division 4 promotion contenders? Well,
9: I suppose if you were to go by, by the betting, I suppose Leitrim are third favourites. Leitrim are third favourites behind Sligo and Leash uh, for promotion out of Division 4. And, and I would say that's probably about correct. Uh, I, I I seen Leitrim uh, obviously against Galway and the, the first half, Andy alluded to it there, just didn't go to plan. Second half, I thought Leitrim were very good and that level of performance will win a lot of games for them in Division 4. I, I had the good fortune to see Sligo as well performing against Roscommon and I was very impressed with them. So I've absolutely no doubt about their credentials. I'm just not sure about, about leash but I, I absolutely think that in Division 4, You know, Wexford and Wicklow, if they get on a run, or Carlow, if they get on a run, they can also be contenders. And it would be very remiss of counties like Leitrim to rule them out or take them for granted. I think every game in Division 4, in order to get promoted, you have to treat it like a championship game.
0: Martin, very good. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Martin McGowan will be part of our Leitrim-Waterford commentary team. We're on the air early, 1 o'clock on Sunday, to bring you full match commentary from Avant Money Pork Show in Carrie and and our commentary on Sunday courtesy of McManus Pharmacy New Line in Manor Hamilton. Well, there were 13 new faces in the 38-man squad announced last week by Sligo manager... Tony McEntee for the start of the Alliance Football League. Tonight, that 38 has been whittled down to a match day 26 for the visit of Leash to Markovic Park this Sunday at 2 o'clock. This is the Sligo 26 that will be togging out on Sunday. Sean Carabine, Donald Conlon, Mark Conley-McGown, Dara Cummins, Oshin Flynn, Kenny Gavigan, the sole Torres man in the squad, Conor Griffin, Paul Kilcoyne, Keen Lally, Jack Lavin of Ballymote, Daniel Lyons, Evan Lyons, both Shamrock Gales, Tubbo Curries, Eddie McGuinness is in there, fit again, Paul McNamara, Nathan Mullen, team captain Niall Murphy, we'll hear from him in a moment, Luke Nicholson, Paddy O'Connor, Gerald O'Kelly Lynch doing the football instead of the county hurling in 23, David Phillips, David Quinn, Alan Riley, Pat Spillane, St Mary's talented keeper Jack Teep is in there. So is St Malachy's Gales, Luke Towie and Mark Walsh of Owenmore Moore Gales. Will Sligo begin at home to Leash? Uh, six of the promoted players from the victorious under-20 squad uh, in the extended panel. Four of them are in that match day 26. Here is Niall Murphy's assessment of how the under-20 brigade are fitting in.
4: There's no doubt that you know we have two or three of those twenties who are attack-minded players. I think, look, to be fair to them, they're they're all still twenty years of age. I think um, they probably notice and maybe acknowledge themselves that in terms of conditioning and S C S and C, there's probably a step up. And um, so I think look, that's that's one area that that them sort of lads will have to look at and improve. But in terms of talent-wise and skill-wise. Some of them have, have been excellent so far and as as was saying there you'd be expecting to see some of them throughout the league campaign as well. But yeah, look in, in terms of forward, I think Sligo down the years have had very, very good forwards. And um, I suppose players that I would have played with like some Marky B and, and Ado, Marin and, and David Kelly and these boys have now finished up. So yeah, I think it's uh, it's over to like Sapatio Connor and Carabine and these boys now to start to show the way to the likes of your Joe Keeney's and, and Alan Riley who had a great year last year as well. But yeah, no. I think in terms of upfront, I think we're, uh, we're we're nice in numbers, and you can never have enough enough forward pedigree. Anyway, that's for sure.
0: There'll be a fair lot of Sligo supporters who will feel that one of the key ingredients to Sligo having a crack at getting out of Division Four will be a fit, Niall Murphy. Where would you rank your fitness right now on a scale of zero to ten, where zero is obviously bad and ten is perfect?
4: Probably a question there for no answer, maybe, but. Um, no, I I'm grand. I, I know it. I uh, I was just I was sick last week. I missed I only played the last couple of minutes in the in the dome against Roscommon. But no, I, I'm 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 good again. I'm I'm fine again. I'm, haven't um haven't really missed a session now since since December. So no look, I'm 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 a hundred percent good of health. Um hoping now and big was target for myself is that I stay that way for uh, the league and championship campaign. I know I missed I think four games last year with with injuries and such, but um, yeah, a lot of focus on myself now with the medical team and the S&C team to kind of keep myself right. And as Gab alluded to earlier, I'm getting into my thirties now, so I'm uh, I'm not getting any younger.
0: And without telling Leash too much, wh- wh- what's the injury that you're monitoring, so to speak? Uh,
4: nothing as of such at the moment, but I suppose over the years you start to. Uh, add up a couple of injuries and you know, all towards the end of, end of last year was hamstring issues. I've had a couple of shoulders issues as well. So it's uh, it's something that you just kind of have to keep on top of now in, in terms of gym and, and pre-training and stuff. It's, uh, you know, you'll be kind of strengthening your hips and your groins and your hammers and, and your shoulder work. So it's uh, our S&C there, Sean Boyle, is, is brilliant at that. And he do, can incorporate that sort of stuff into my programs as well. So... You know, I'd be doing bits and pieces like that two or three times a week just to keep the keep the strength and the, and the mobility up on them. So, so far, so good this year. I'm hoping to have a, a full bill of health for the year ahead.
0: Noel, the striking thing, looking at the 38-man squad named by Sligo last week for the league, and I know it'll be whittled down, but it is the fact that there is one member of the seven-time Sligo County champions, Turla Stran, in the 38-man squad. Now, there may well be good, valid reasons between injury, unavailability, and guys have got to want to give the commitment, number one. But I'm just wondering, to the outsider, it probably does look a bit odd, and I'm just wondering if you can give us a view on... And this is the way it happens in some counties. It works out that way. There's no rule that says the county champions have to have the lion's share of the, of the places, but in a county like Sligo, it does look unusual.
2: Yeah, I suppose the fact that we only have one... Um First player on the squad, yeah, probably from the outside in, does look a little bit unusual. But you know, we, we looked at a lot of games um, over the over the, champion, the club championship. We we were at pretty much somebody out of the management team was at every game that was going on um, right throughout the, se- the the championship season. So um, you know, we 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 picked a panel based on what we saw, and there was we, we approached a lot of players and talked to a lot of players. Um, and look, it is what it is. That's the 38th that we've come down to. It's not that we're looking and saying we're not going to bring anyone from any club, be it my own club or whoever, maybe your tourist ran or whoever. We're picking a squad based on what we've what we've seen over the, over the championship season and performances. And look, there may be one or two players that that didn't make themselves available this year. Um, I know Conan Marn was on the squad last year. He's, he has his final medical exams this year, so he, he didn't make himself available. So, you know, there's always going to be one or two that, 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 have, that have other things going on in, in their lives as well that, that you just can't make the commitment. But we feel that this, the squad that we have is, is a strong panel. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a stronger panel than we had last year. And we feel it's a panel that's, that's good enough to, to, to get us um, where we want to be, and that's, that's getting
0: out of Division Four. Sligo senior selector Noel Maguire and before that team captain for 2023 Niall Murphy speaking during the week, Sligo against leash live this Sunday from two o'clock here on Ocean FM, courtesy of Oates Brehany Group, your local property expert. Finally, tonight, to the racecourse rebellion, which is bubbling underneath the sport of King's surface. Sligo Racecourse is one of five racecourses that have joined together to form a new organisation because of an ongoing row with Horse Racing Ireland over media rights payments. The breakaway group contends that the sport's governing Body is taking too big a slice of the money paid by betting companies for live pictures of Irish racing. Well, Mark Costello is General Manager of the Irish field and he has more on this story.
5: Live racing pictures are a very valuable commodity. It's worth about £40 million a year and that money is divided up among the 26 racetracks. And these five racetracks now, including Sligo, have decided that our acquirits whether or not it's been divided up fairly. And perhaps there's too much going to the tracks that are the bigger tracks in the metropolitan areas uh, and the ones that have the bigger races. And they're saying let's before we sign any contract, we'd like more transparency. Exactly how much have you sold our data rights for picture rights for and how are we going to decide who gets what money? And that's the background to why Sligo and four other tracks have decided to form their own group and refuse to sign the contract. And maybe they will decide to sell their picture rights to another channel.
0: One can understand that the bigger race meetings with the bigger racing events will command a bigger sh- slice of the pie, but you know, the five who have come together in this alliance are rural racecourses.
5: They yeah, are rural racecourses, I guess Limerick is the biggest one. The other ones are uh, Your Near Neighbours plus Common, um, uh, Kilbegin in the Midlands, a very popular track. Curlis is a very important track as well. In um, uh, in the winter time, they're always uh, staging races there on a Thursday. So um, yeah, they are rural tracks, um, and uh, at the same time, they're very they, they are very important. Together, they have fifty-seven meetings. Sligo have nine, um, and Limerick have as many as eighteen. So they represent about fifteen percent of all the race meetings in Ireland. So uh, if the overall deal was to lose those meetings, it would be pretty you know, it'd be significant enough. But it it might be hard for those five tracks just to sell. And to go along on their own as a package and offer to betting companies that here, do you want to sign up to our media? Do you want, do you want to buy our media rights? Privately? They might find it harder to negotiate because there's only five of them that have to take whatever they get. So there always has been strength of all the race courses at one bargaining, you know, all collectively bargaining. And if you can go to the bookies and say, look, I represent the 26 race courses and we give it a whole lot of Irish racing on one go, they're really keen. Great, this is going to be so clean, a great deal. And they've generally done well. But now there's a few cracks appearing and some of these smaller race forces said, look, as you say, fair enough, the bigger tracks, they have big races. Maybe more people will be watching the Derby than going to be watching a, a, a maiden hurdle in Sligo. But you know, we'd like it just to be honest with us and show us exactly how much you, how much is Horse Racing Ireland taking to, for themselves as well, and that's a big part of the dispute. Um, these racecourses are the, the uh, five breakaway racecourses are saying that Horse Racing Ireland is taking up to twenty percent of the media rights as a kind of a handling fee, if you like, for, for putting together the runners and riders. Uh, in the first place whereas in England the, uh, the the authorities over there only take 2% so I don't know if they're accurate that's what the breakaway race course are claiming so but it all comes down to money in the end and they just say why why won't you give us the full figures and uh, uh, it, 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 pressure would be on now horse racing have to keep these five race courses in line because uh, if you some the of them start to fall away and they're doing separate media deals it's going to get very messy and um it'll lead to, you know, a lot of problems. The next time Sligo wants to build a grandstand or something like that or get an extra favour, maybe stage an extra race meeting that you know, they might they might find they don't get what they want or and, and there could be good reasons for that but they might feel oh, that's because we're the ones who kicked up. So I can see it leading to a lot of trouble if if uh, HRI uh, can't keep everybody in line. So maybe Sligo will win a few concessions on for not just for themselves, but for all race courses as an adult of standing up um uh, right now, and asking for more transparency. Could you
0: see more racecourses joining this breakaway group?
5: Well, I phoned a few other racecourses uh, this week, and I uh, were not involved, not among those five. So, what, what do you think is going to happen here? You know, everyone I spoke to said we're sympathetic towards them at least because we we also kind of feel that we're not maybe we're not being told everything, but we're afraid to stand up in case we get. Um, the, you know, disadvantage down the line, and maybe we're all better just taking what we get off the table and not uh, not complaining. Uh, so they could get a bit more support. So I, I do kind of feel that um, they've been very brave. I do think that uh, they'll probably end up winning a, a bigger slice of the pie for the smaller tracks. What's interesting is that actually one of the reasons that you're, that one of the reasons that will determine the success of your racing is not the big races you have. Uh, or, or whether, you know, the top three, Rachel Blackmore comes up or it's on television. It's the time the race is on. If you're the only race meeting in town, say during a cold snap like now if Sligo was on today, for example, and all the race in England was off. Can so you imagine the millions of uh, betting shop punters around the world, not just in England, uh, who saying, listen, all we have today to bet on is Sligo, so we have to look at it on our phones or whatever. And that this generates a lot of revenue in, in um, live streams, mm-hmm. and uh, that's becoming hugely important now. So, you know, uh, we can see down the line that uh, race courses will be, it, it won't just be when you get the big races, it's that can I get a fixture on a day when it's not too busy? Uh, because that will actually be more money for me, uh, because I was racing is, is really well-liked around the world. It's a very high-integrity product, and people are very keen to bet on it. It's very entertaining. As top horses, of course, as well, top jockeys. We know a lot of the names. And uh, if you can get the, 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 the show to yourself, so to speak, that there's only one or two other racing lines every day, it actually adds up to your bottom line.
0: That's Mark Costello who's general manager of the Irish Field newspaper on that racecourse dispute over media rights. A reminder that The Final Whistle is available as a podcast each week on oceanfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts, simply search for Ocean FM Ireland to find it. We're
1: back next week, same time, same place.